Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artist's work, and listen to artist interviews from this show. Today our guest is Drew Hoffman. Drew is a fine art photographer and was a winner of Contemporary Art Gallery Online's April Art Competition and Exhibition entitled Portraits. Drew likes to think of himself as an experimental photographer focused primarily on abstract figures and portraiture. He utilizes pattern lights, colored lights, mirrors, and fabrics to try to add or alter information portrayed in his images. Drew thinks art should always strive to do something different and surprising, yet still be aesthetically pleasing. Good morning, Drew, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Thank you for having me. Well, it is our pleasure, and we look forward to our interview and time today. Let's start off by telling the audience a little bit more about yourself, Drew. Okay. As you said, my name is Drew Hoffman. Uh, I live in the beautiful mountains of southwest Virginia, and I'm an instructor of psychology at, uh, at the university. And, and for the last five years, I've done photography in my, in my spare time. Well, what was it that drew you to becoming a photographer? Well, I've had a long interest in art, uh, and from stories from my family, I was drawing ever since I was a little uh, a little kid, four, three years old even, and uh, I always liked the creative process, had a lot of friends in high school who were artists, and had tried different mediums. Um, most recently, I had taken up, since graduate school, I, uh, a friend of mine taught me how to oil paint, and I liked that for a while. And then, you know, around five or six years ago, I started taking photographs, just almost like stimulus subjects to to draw from. I was trying to draw people, which was daunting for me at the time. And in the process of taking photographs to later uh, draw from, I, I really enjoyed that process. Uh, photography has a little bit of that selfishly kind of an instant gratification where you, you know, it could take a day to do a painting and it may come out looking like what you wanted or it may be something that's just not a success. But with photos, you, you you can take so many and, and really play with new ideas in a, in a short amount of time. So that, so I really enjoyed that, and I thought I could make a couple of statements um, through photography. Tell the audience a little bit about the process you go through in taking uh, your fine art for photographs. I guess for me, a lot of it is preparation in that I think a lot about the lighting before I even have someone here to take photos, and I'm, I'm very, I, I shoot almost always in my home, 
and I'm very sensitive to what's going on with the sun, so the different uh, where the sun's coming in through different windows and different seasons, and how that can be manipulated and, and altered by fabrics, windows, barriers, and other things. So, so a lot of it is preparation, and I think sometimes people work with me probably get <laughs> probably have to be very patient because it's, it's partly a physics lesson and partly a photography. So, so from there. You know, I think once the person's there, I have an idea for, you know, maybe two-hour, maybe three-hour shoot, I'm trying two or three different things. And, and I always want to do, at least part of the session, I want to do something I've never tried before, just to, just to see how it goes. And a lot of times it fails, but, but occasionally you get something really good. So the prior to the shoot, do you have an idea of what you want to shoot, or do you just kind of let the inspiration come as you go? No, again, I think that's maybe the frustration for some some of the people I work with is I have an idea before. I totally do. Occasionally, and I think one or two of the photographs that you took, I'll I'll work with people who are photographers themselves and, and, and have more experience than I do. And so they'll have an idea about maybe a different camera setting or, or something along those lines, you know, changing the aperture, things like that. But I very much have an idea of maybe three or four things, and I'll let the model choose among them. But I think a lot ahead of time. I don't, I don't think I'm very good just on my feet, on a whim, deciding what to do at the last minute. Well, are there other photographers that, their work has influenced your work? Not really. I have, a, I have a friend in West Virginia named Michelle Kelly who I'd say is somewhat of, a, of an inspiration. I think I, I, I try to sort of make my own way knowing that I don't have professional training. And, I'm, and I think there are thousands of people who can do a better job at a straightforward landscape or a straightforward portrait. So, so I try to do things that are that are just off, and and at least to my mind, hopefully haven't been done before, or haven't been done very often before. I love I love looking at art. I, I love photography. I love going to art museums, and probably you know a lot of the work that I admire are are paintings. Uh, my best friend lives in Maine, and we'll go to museums like the Wyeth Museum, and 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 Andrew Wyeth does amazing things with playing with light in paintings and recognizing this is a source of light outside of a window and, and here's how it comes in and uh, just amazing stuff. But in terms of photographers, I, I really am not, I'm not well versed at, at the different photographers that are out there. Well, Drew, that's certainly, you're right about your fine art photography. We were very impressed with I guess, for the lack of a better word, the, the staging, the, the whole process, the shots that you took were very, very unique, and we found those quite pleasing, and yet you know, they seem to have a statement to them, and so we really enjoyed the photos that you submitted. Well, thanks. That's very kind. So in your process, you try to do something unique, what is the inspiration, or how do you get the inspiration for making that photograph unique? Some some combination of maybe boredom and love, or something. I, I, it's it's hard. It's, it changes over time. Sometimes, and not just with photography, but sometimes there's a need to create because of something you feel passionate for. So uh, mm -hmm. you know, 
loving something or someone and, and that you wake up in the morning and you can't stay asleep and you have to do something. But that's not always photography. That could be you have to write a poem or you have to write some prose or something. Um, so the this create at all is partly, I think, it's partly like an energy. It's like I can't not do something about this. And part of it, I think I have a very seasonal job, and I do get some time. So I was saying boredom. I do have some free time in certain months, January, May, June. And I'll have people over, and then maybe somewhat at the last minute, you know, I'll be taking a shower the day before trying to think of, well, what am I going to do? Because I've... This person's been here twice already, and I don't want to do the same old stuff. So some of it, I think, is just trying, just trying to think a little bit outside of the box. You know, I I know I've done this before, so how do I change? And usually that's lighting. You know, trying a different. And I talk a lot about sunlight, but trying different, um, different colored light bulbs or something that's not working, and I'm maybe going to give up, or maybe I'll keep on. I've been trying to play with. Uh, they sell fingers. They, they sell LED finger lights which I think children use to play some sort of, like, laser tag, for lack of a better term. They actually fit over your fingers. And I think they're somewhat popular at rave parties. And I tried to shoot with them. I tried to use them as lighting for shoots. And it's, it's not working. There's just not enough light for the camera to, to make sense of what's going on. But it doesn't make me want to stop trying. Uh, so maybe there's a little bit of stubbornness, too. But I think some, a lot of it is just sort of trying to think the day before or even a half a day before, like, what am I going to try with lighting that's different today or, or backgrounds and, and just general setups in the house. Well, in your work, is there is there a message that uh, you try to send out with your photographs? I'd say that that varies um, sometimes, and I think the pieces that you have – all I'm trying to do is, is do something familiar in a different way. So so here's a figure, but let's have the shadows and light play a little bit differently uh, with with what's going on. Maybe something at least a little bit surprising. But sometimes I do try to convey a message. I've, I've done a couple things that are more, I guess, editorial, where I'll try to tell a story. Of, uh, I did one on sort of a, a, a pill addiction and one relating to poverty, and I, I personally have a, a physical disability, so that, that's one of the things that started my interest in photography was trying to send a couple messages about disability. So I guess I'd say it varies. You know, sometimes there is a genre, editorial photography, and I think I, I try to slip into that sometimes. At other times, I'm just trying to do, you know, straight-up portrait, but, but hopefully in a, in a way that's a little bit different. Could you tell the audience how you go about marketing your fine art photography? <laughs> I guess for the for the most part, I don't. I'm, I'm um, I do every year participate in a, uh, a, a a showing up in outside of Philadelphia. I was going to say Philadelphia, but um, near Philadelphia, it's called Art Ability, and it's for for artists with disabilities. And it's I, I believe the largest in the country. Of, of that type of, of uh, gallery showings for people with disabilities. And it takes place in a rehab hospital. Uh, and they do an excellent job of, of marketing and having, um, you know, dealing with sales and, and kind of having an auction of the, of the work there. Other than for that, I, I have a, 
you know, I have a website and I do, you know, let people, I give links to the galleries where my stuff is showing, but I, I don't really, I don't do a whole lot of marketing. This is mostly for myself and, and I, I don't put a lot of time into that, that part of it. I'm not, my goal is not to, you know, make this a, a, a full paying career so that doesn't have to be, luckily for me, does not have to be <laughs> high on my priority list. Now, do you use any type of uh, programs to uh, either enhance or alter the images once you've taken them? I try to do very little. So, so I use Photoshop, like the rest of the world, and, and a, a couple of my friends have told me about other software like GIMP and, and a couple others that I'm curious to try but haven't yet. But I um, try to to not do too much uh, because I, I know that there are purists out there who think, you know, even digital photography itself is some kind of heresy or something along those lines. So, so I really try to take it easy. Uh, and, and what I want to do, what I really like to do is try to do some photos that look like they're heavily photoshopped but aren't. That's a, that's a fun, I wouldn't say that's a goal in, in behind all the photos that I take, but I love that idea of the viewer seeing something that's not really there, that it's take, it was done in a completely different way than they're imagining. So, so, anyway, so I do use Photoshop, but I try to just stick with brightness and contrast settings. Uh, and I do. Lo I love to do duo tones. I love to take a photograph and change it to either black and white or do a duo tone. Um, but mostly, I really don't manipulate the, the the smaller parts of the image. I just think that that's then it's not a photo anymore. Then it's digital art. And there are a lot of people who are great at that. But that's not that's not what I'm trying to do. I always like to ask that question because there is generally two camps in the photography world, those that it's about the image that you're shooting at that moment, and then, of course, you have those that are taking advantage, if you will, of the modern technology you know, to do other things with those photos. And I think each has their own place. I, I, I enjoy both. Yeah, I kind of do, too. I think it's interesting, and, and I guess my, my, my only reaction would be I, I almost feel like it's offensive to some people that when there's over manipulation and, and so I don't I don't really have a strong opinion on it myself but I guess they should be labeled differently and there has to be honesty in that honesty in that process and conveying what you do and I'm, I, I agree with you I like them I like them both but I think I would appreciate them more if I knew as a viewer as a consumer what exactly is going on when this is done yeah and the images that you submitted for the competition, I would say they're primarily black and white images. Do you tend to shoot black and white, or do you do color as well? I do color. Yeah, I definitely do color. Um, I actually think I'm trying to think of the five that, I, that, that you have there. I think um, one of them I know I changed to duotone. It was originally color, and I think one or two were black and white to begin with. But... It, it, it just depends. Those The photos that you took were all done very near windows on bright, sunny days, and I was sort of manipulating that light. So there's a lot of contrast, a lot of high high contrast between white and dark. So they kind of end up looking, and there wasn't a lot of color in them. Um, they're just people, they're just figures. So 
there, there wasn't a lot of color there to begin with. So then I, I would be very, very likely to just change that over to a black and white or a duo tone, whereas something that, you know, I, I try to, I, I do flowers and, and um, I've been playing with that a lot lately. Then you're really sort of loath to change, loath to change that to, um, to black and white photography just because you're going to lose out on so much. But I, I, I mix it. I usually start with color and then, and then make changes later. Well, that's very interesting. Now, I do personally. Now, I, I seem to have always been drawn more to the black and white images. I, I don't know if it's just the, you know, the the stark difference, you know, between the two colors, and then what that does with the image, or, or what. But that, I think that those, they seem to jump out at me anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, um, and I think a lot of a lot of people think that way. I think there's a lot about the the image itself, like a crispness or a, a maybe a primary mood is conveyed better with just the two, with just the two colors. And maybe like a lot of I don't know what the noise information is kind of lost um, when you have that. So a lot of people like black and white, and I, I do too. I do too. Or like I said, I like duotone. I like things that are blues and, or sepia is something that I'm drawn to. I try not to. I try not to overuse, but I like those sort of old, old, old-looking photos that can come from that. Well, Drew, I think this is a good spot for us to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, uh, we'll delve into the images you submitted for the art competition, and we'll talk about those. Okay. Sounds good. I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase Drew Hoffman's artwork by going to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, click on the Search Gallery tab, and then on the Artist tab, and then look for Drew Hoffman's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants, so if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. If you are a designer, architect, connoisseur of art, or just a lover of great art, who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists in North America. You can search by style, medium, color, size, or by the individual artist. And again, to view Drew Hoffman's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery and then follow the prompts to Drew Hoffman's name. Well, Drew, the winning image that you submitted was called Stretch. Tell the audience about the process. It was actually very simple. Um, and, and there are a couple of photos in there that are, that are similar. And, and, uh, another one that's there, and I, I don't remember the title, but it's, uh, it's sort of a, uh, torso and headshot, so it's, it's a square image and smaller. And it was partly her her idea. Her name's Ivy Lee. Uh, and I had this idea of using fabric because I had a semi-sheer fabric from the fabric store, and I really wanted to shoot with someone behind it and have, have it be backlit and, and try to do... So I started by just doing silhouettes that way. And then by, by manipulating um, where the where the model was posed, so, so is the sun coming in completely behind or off to the side or, or how well lit is the room overall. A, a lot of what was in that image could be completely changed. And then what she told me about was 
changing the settings, changing the camera settings to let in a ton of light and make it seem very ethereal, uh, which I liked a lot. So and even losing some information, so it can make the person somewhat anonymous and uh, and can just show the figure and, and maybe not have a lot of information given about the face. So so anyways, I've done a lot of shots within that. Within that month, I did a lot of shots that were involving fabric, mostly light coming from behind, and then manipulating, adding some more light out front, or doing other things to to try to change how much of this is a silhouette, how much of it is a, is a very represent, representational figure, and then sort of all points in between. So the one that that received the the, the third place award uh, was that kind of style, and then, and then she's in the middle of, um, Brie is in the middle of a large window that I have <clears throat> placed right in the center, and she's very, very limber. She did a lot of uh, sort of gymnastic or maybe yoga-type poses, and it worked out really well for what we were trying to do. And and I think the one that, that, that received the award was sort of in the middle of the, the settings that I use and that it, it was fairly representational. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of white out, uh, which I sometimes do intentionally to make it seem more ethereal. It was kind of in the middle, so you can see her pretty well. You can see a little bit of what's behind her. And, it, it, you know, I think it was mostly just playing with settings and her her being just excellent at manipulating her body and, and, and holding the pose. Well, and then one of the other shots, and I believe may have been her, uh, but you did, you submitted two shots that I found very intriguing. One is called What's Out There, and the other one was a self-portrait. Mm-hmm. So those, those were different, and that, that was not her. That's a, that was the, the What's Out There was a, is a good friend of mine here in, in Blacksburg. They are very simple shots, just, as a lot of people do, just using horizontal blinds in a window. And again, certain times, in, in very different times of year. So those in my house are wintertime shots, uh, where the the sun comes through the south windows, where I have vertical blinds, and really simple. And I did mine. The self portrait was black and white, and I, on a total lark, decided I would take a shower and try to look really tough. And I hadn't shaven in a couple of days, so I was like, "Well, let's try it. Let's see how that works." And and I kind of like the way that turned out. And, and with my friend's shot, it was just her looking out the window, which I often ask people to do just because that puts more light on their face. And I just thought it was an excellent, very honest pose. And then we, you know, with the blinds, we just manipulate. You know, we try to do it closer to sunset, um, try to get some softer light, and, and then manipulate how much patterning we want on the person, um, you know, using the blinds. Very, really, really simple stuff. And was the light coming in from the side in those shots? Yeah, those, that time of day, the light would have been, at least for hers, I don't know if I remember mine as well, but yeah, I think both times, would be southwest. So the sun's going down toward the west, but it was a wintertime shot, uh, wintertime shots. And so the sun was in the south of my house. We found those very intriguing as well. I. I like the, the contrast of the, the lines going through the image. Yeah, and that's the beauty of sunlight. You know, it's not everyone's 
cup of tea, but yeah, I've tried a lot of different uh, sort of Rube Goldberg lighting manipulations in, in my basement with artificial light. And it, it's fun. It's really good. But if you want intensity and you want intense contrast, I, I don't know what's better than the sun. It's amazing. What, what the, the, the brights are really bright. And Drew, in most of your fine art photography, are you using models? Yeah, for the most part. I, I love doing uh, flowers, and occasionally I'll try try to mix the two. Uh, but yeah, I, I like working with people and, and bouncing ideas off of them and, and, and hearing what they have to say. And because and my disability, I don't I don't go outside much with a camera. I mean, I, I go outside all the time, but I can't manipulate the camera. Um, outside of my home very well. So so I think that somewhat limits me to, yeah, portraiture and figures. Well, Drew, can you tell us what your philosophy is about photography and, and art in general? I don't think there's any one philosophy that, maybe this is an obvious statement, but no one philosophy that, that holds for everyone. Um, I think art is a great way to think about familiar things in a different way. So I'm thinking about, you know, going to galleries and being a consumer of art. I, I love it when I can see something like a flower or or a, a bay, um, a bay off the coast of Maine in, in a way that I that I haven't seen it myself before. And I think that's that's awesome. So my my personal philosophy in my work is to try to do some of that and it, but 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 change something about it. And sometimes I use funhouse mirrors. So you have an, you might have a figure or a face that's completely hugely distorted, or it might be a more subtle manipulation, like you're talking about the window shots. And, and sometimes with dark patterns, dark lines, you can you can hide in shadow part of an image that would otherwise be be available to the person to see. Uh, so that's a much more subtle kind of manipulation. So, so I guess my philosophy is to try to do something different and interesting, but stay with relatively familiar subject matter, things that people can relate to. I like asking that question because everyone has, whether they really know it or not sometimes, they, they do have a philosophy about their art and, you know, what drives them, you know, what what is the emotional attachment that they have with their art. And I also think right. it's very interesting when you're speaking with people, especially artists, about a particular art piece because the message that people get from the art can be very different you know, from what even the artist intended. But three or four people can look at the same image and potentially get three or four different emotions from it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's wonderful. And even the statement, the, the word philosophy, and this, this might be something you cut out, it might be tangential, but you know, philosophy is sort of on two levels, cause, and, and I, I think about this as, a, as an educator because we have teaching philosophies, and sometimes teaching philosophies are very much like the nuts and bolts of doing a class and, you know, how organization is important and, and this and that. Right. And then sometimes teaching philosophies are very, like, high-minded, maybe for some people flowery kind of goals about, or, or not goals, but statements about the importance of education in our lives or the importance of impacting 
a young person who's developing his or her own thoughts. And, and I think an artist's philosophy is, is, is like that. In some ways, it's what's your niche as an individual? What are you going to carve out as, well, here are the statements that you're going to make. But then the other is, you know, I think the, what, what's the importance of art in our lives? You know, what does it, does it have a meaningful impact? Is it more than just something that is attractive that we look at for a few seconds and then move on? Or, or can it change the way we think or change, bring up dialogue about subjects that we wouldn't otherwise? Uh, and I think it's, it's all that. Well, I agree. I, I think it is all that. And, you know, that I, the world would be a very cold and insular place without art. I believe that art gives us so much to our daily lives. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, Drew, we're getting near the end of the show, and one of the questions I always like to ask is any advice that you would give to someone that's just entering the art field? Yeah, I I, I have to hesitate because I'm not a, a professional artist. I've rarely made a profit, so it's, so it's take my advice with a grain of salt, but um, I think art is one of those fields where you have to think about it as a business, even if you don't want to, and I, I could name other fields that are kind of like that, where, where people are asked to develop a business model, and maybe they, <laughs> they don't want to, it's medicine, but it's important, because I, I would imagine a beginning artist can, could lose money fast, and, and so for me, it's been it's been very eye-opening what the costs are, the costs of success. So I get something in a gallery. I might get something in a, in a gallery that I that I highly respect, but then it's on me to get it framed, get it there if it's not local, and that's expensive. You, if somebody buys a piece of art as a consumer, if I buy a piece of art for eighty or ninety dollars. Probably the artist is getting, you'd know better than I would, but I'd say 20 or 30 of that, maybe a little more. And then it's the framing and the mounting and the, you know, all the all the other things that go into that or the cut that the store takes. So it's, it's tough. It's a tough, tough grind. So, you know, I think marketing is really important, selling yourself, but also figuring out ways to keep costs down. You know, if you... If you know someone who prints on canvas and you decide that's something you want to do for for your art and, and you can work out some kind of a deal or or whatever it might be. But but having having allies to keep your costs down, I, I would say would be really important for a beginner until they get, you know, a full full blown studio up and running. Well, that's great advice and so often I think you know, artists like other professions that you mentioned, it is, it's a talent, it, it's their dream, it's their passion. And that is totally different than what business is about. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, to be successful, you do need to be able to market your art. Uh, you need to approach it in, in a business aspect, uh, especially when pricing the art. Uh, you can yeah. price it too much. And you can price it too little. And finding that happy medium where you can can make a profit and still and still have a piece of art that people can afford to purchase or would want to purchase. Right. Um, right. Very important and a very 
you know, kind of an X's and O's type thing, uh, especially when compared to the artistic side of what the art business is about. Yes, I would I would imagine, you know, maybe couples do well, they're having some kind of, you know, manager, but again, you're not, it's not like you're going to be able to pay a manager, but it would certainly be nice to have someone else looking out for that side of it, but, but I don't know how often, um, how often that really, um, that occurs. But just having a show, you know, to have a solo show somewhere, even at a small, small town venue, it's, it's, it's quite a production, and, and it is yeah. costly. So it's almost, you're, you're really in trouble if you don't sell a majority of those pieces. Financially, you're in trouble. So it's uh, important to, to really think about those things that seem like the not-so-fun details of, of being an artist. Oh, that's so true. And, and again, that's great advice. And Drew, I want to thank you for being on An Artist Speaks today. I thoroughly enjoyed the time with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it too. And I want to thank everyone that was listening today for joining us on An Artist Speaks. And I want to let the artists listening in today know the Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompt, and you can even check out all of our upcoming competitions and exhibitions. And again, if you're an architect, interior designer, a connoisseur of art, or just a lover of art who likes to have issues of art or don't do walls, then please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. While visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. So please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. An Artist Speaks airs every other Saturday morning, so we'll meet again in two weeks. But next Saturday, at the same time, be sure to listen into our show, The Business of Art, hosted by artist and published author Sharon Hawkshaw, as she shares tips and ideas on how artists can grow their business. Again, thank you for listening to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.